Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for another time in your presence, O God. We thank you, O Lord, that we are gathered here unto you and not unto any man. We are gathered here to receive from you. Lord, I pray that you set me aside. In Jesus' name, O God, that you speak through me, O God. Let your people hear the words that you want them to hear today. In the name of Jesus. May your name be glorified, O God. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. So last week we started with new creation. We, we discussed last week that if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. And we said that new creation does not mean that you are renewed. It does not mean that you are refurbished. It does not just mean that you have changed your mind. It does not mean, just mean that you have changed your ways. But what it means is that you have been created anew. You have been created by God as a new creation. Amen. We also said last week that when we walk in purity, when we walk in, uh, in righteousness... We are, not for, we are not trying to meet a certain standard. We are not trying to fulfill a certain law. But we are, trying to, we are only expressing the nature of what we are. We also said that if we avoid immorality, if we avoid sin, if we avoid things that are not in the nature of God, we are not trying to earn God's favor. We are not trying to do something to impress God. But we are only expressing the God nature. That is already in us. We also said last week that we are born of the word of God. We are born um, of the spirit of God. And so we have to grow into the image of Christ. Amen. And this week we are going to continue in um, new creation part two. And this week our focus is on maturity. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5 from verse 13 to 17 the Bible says, this anchor, the anchor verse we'll be using for the next um, two or three weeks. Um, the Bible says that for if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. And if we are of a sound mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus, that if one man died for all, then all died. And he, and, and he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Amen. The Bible says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. First of all, he made a point that if one man died, then all of us died. He's saying that if Jesus Christ died, then all of us died with Christ. And last week, I made the illustration that in baptism, what we are doing is that we are declaring that we are dead with Christ and we have resurrected with him. It means that, and I said last week, that baptism is an outward demonstration of an inward change. So when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and personal Savior, in our hearts, we died with him. When Jesus Christ was hanging on the cross, anyone who comes to him and says, I believe in the finished work on the cross, 
what happens in a person's life is that the person dies with Christ and resurrects with him. And in baptism, we declare that we are dead with Christ and we are resurrected with him. And so when you read verse 14, he says, For the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. And so when Jesus was hanging on the cross, all of us who have come to believe in Jesus Christ, we, are, we hanged on the cross with him and we resurrected with him. And that is what we declare when we, we submit ourselves to baptism. And he says, because of this, because we are dead and we, 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 we died and we resurrected with Jesus Christ, we do not live for ourselves anymore, but we live for, for Christ. And Paul says, for me to die is gain, for me to live is Christ. And he said that whether I am present on earth or I'm absent on earth, I am forever in the presence of God. I'm in the presence of Christ and I'm living for him. And verse 16 says, therefore, from now on, we do not regard anyone according to the flesh. It means that when we become born again and we are children of God, we do not look at other people with regards to the flesh. We do not regard anyone according to the flesh. We don't look at their geographical location. We don't look at their color. We don't look at their height. But we look at them in, in terms of what the Spirit of God has made them. The Spirit of God has made them children of God. And so we look at people as children of God. We just don't look at them based on anything of the flesh. And so he says that we do not regard anyone according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, they knew Jesus Christ according to the flesh, that he was the son of Mary according to the flesh. He was the son of Joseph according to the flesh. He was a Jewish person according to the flesh. But they understand that they cannot regard Jesus Christ according to the flesh anymore because when they continue to see Jesus according to the flesh, they cannot accept his, the salvation that he has given them. Because Jesus Christ was not just a man, he was not just a Jewish man, but he was God. And so right now, they have to regard Jesus Christ according to the Spirit. They have to relate with him according to the Spirit. Jesus Christ has become the firstborn from all creation, and we are all his followers. We have all become like him. And so, Paul is saying that even though we knew Jesus Christ according to the flesh, we do not regard him so any longer, but we look at him according to the spirit. And he says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. So you look at the point that he was making when he started the point from, that's why I wanted to read a few verses ahead. Paul is saying that we do not want to look at Jesus Christ according to the flesh anymore. Even though we have known him according to the flesh. And therefore, when you are a Christian, even though you were known according to the flesh, people will not know you according to the flesh anymore, but people should know you according to the Spirit of God that is inside of you. And how can they know that? By manifesting what is inside of you. The Spirit of God that is inside of us teaches us to bear the fruit of the Spirit. And people will know us according to that Spirit. And so... After Paul made that statement, he says, if anyone is in Christ, meaning that if you are in Christ, you are not known according to the flesh anymore, but you are known according to the spirit. Amen. And the Bible tells us that we were born not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed. I, I believe that we mentioned this last week. Of the word of God, which leaves in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. 
And I explained this last week, that when we are born by a man, we are born by the seed of a man. And so we have the nature of a man. The seed of a man, it is what fertilizes the egg of the woman to, 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 um, to create the baby or to create a child in the womb of the woman. So we are born, all of us are born of the seed of a man. And the Bible says that seed is corruptible. When we come to this earth, we are born of the seed of a man. And now when we become born again, we are not just born of the seed of, the, of, of a man, but we are born of the seed of God which is the word of God. And the Bible says that seed that we are born of lives and abides forever. And so it means that then our nature, the spirit man, will live and abide forever because that is the seed that it was born with. Please, have I been able to explain this well? I'm, I'm going to take it again. The Bible, the Bible in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1 to 23, Bible says, having been born not of a corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. When we are all born into the earth, we are born of the seed of a man. And so we grow up into the nature of that man. The seed of the man is the sperm that fertilizes the woman's egg. And the Bible says this seed is corruptible. And so when we are born of the flesh, we cannot live forever because that seed is corruptible. That seed has a limitation. That seed has an end. But when you become born again, you are not born of the seed of a man. You are born of the seed of the word of God, which lives and abides forever. And so when your spirit man is born again, your spirit man lives and abides forever because your spirit man is born of an incorruptible seed, a seed that does not have a limitation, a seed that does not perish, a seed that will not come to an end, the seed that abides forever. That is the seed that we are born with, the seed of the word of God. So when you become born again, that seed is inside of you. And that seed has to grow. And the Bible says when you are born again, you are supposed to grow into the image of him who gave birth to you. And that is Colossians chapter 3 verse 9 and 10. The Bible says, do not lie one to another since you have put off the old man with, with his deeds and have put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. So the new man was created by somebody. The new man was created by Christ. And the Bible says we have been created according to the image of Christ. And therefore, we should put away the old man with his deeds. And we have put on, like I, I explained this the other time. When the Bible says you have put on the new man, it means you have sinked into the new man. So provision has already been made. It is just you to it is just up to you to yield into the new man because the new man is already inside of you. That seed is all already inside of you. The spirit of God is already inside of you. What you have to do is to yield to that spirit. Amen. Yield in obedience. So he says you and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. And so the new man is created according to the image of Christ. And so as we continue to grow in the word, as we continue to mature in the word, we become more and more like Christ. We become more and more like him who created us. And that is why the word of God is so important. So far as our new life is concerned, so far as the new creation is concerned, the one most important thing in our life is the word of God. And that is why we have to continue to feed ourselves the word of God. 
In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2 to 3, the Bible says, As newborn babies, desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. So when we are born again, we become newborn babies. Babies don't play with their milk. They want to take their milk every time, in the morning, in the evening, in the after, even at night, they'll wake up and still take their milk. You can ask Hans. <laughs> Babies like to take their milk. And so when we become Christians, the Bible says, as newborn babies, we have to desire the pure milk of the word. Desiring the pure milk of the word means that you have a hunger for the word. You have a strong desire for the word. You have a great longing for the word. That is the kind of hunger we should have for the word of God. He says, desire the word of God. The pure milk of the, that you may grow. It means that our growth, our maturity is dependent on the word of God. It's not dependent of, on, on how long we have been born again. You see, people just grow in the physical realm. People grow from one year to another. Like as, as, as long as they have been here for long, then they are growing, right? That's, that's what happens in the physical realm. But in the realms of the spirit, so far as our spiritual life is concerned, so far as the new creation is concerned, we only grow in the word of God. Our maturity is dependent in the, on the word of God. Everyone who walks in any level of anointing, any level of grace, was born again at one point in their life. Now what set Christians apart is how they approach the word of God. The time they spend in the word of God. And the Bible says, as newborn babies, you have to desire the milk of the word. And by this, we, you will grow. If we are going to grow into maturity, into the image of Christ, if we are going to inherit what the provisions that has been made for us in Christ Jesus, then we have to grow in the word of God. We need to spend time in the word of God. The Bible says, God has exalted his word above all his names. And so our maturity, our growth, our increase, for us to get to the level of knowledge and understanding that God wants us to get to, it depends on the time that we spend on the word. So the Bible says, as newborn babies, when you are born again, as newborn babies, you have to desire the milk of the word. Now, a lot of us will say that reading the word of God is difficult. In fact, as soon as some, for some of us, as soon as we take the Bible, then we begin to sleep off. <laughs> reading the word of God is difficult. The, the devil will oppose you, will not give you the time to read the word of God. Because when you read the word of God and you understand it and you have a revelation of who you are, you become a very strong weapon in the hands of God. And you can do a lot for God and a lot against the kingdom of the devil. And so he will oppose you and make sure that you don't have time to study the word. But you see, studying the word, I keep telling people that studying the word of God starts with one thing. It starts with one thing. Just take the Bible and read it. As simple as that. Read it and be consistent with it. When you are consistent with reading the Bible, nothing can stop you from reading it. Starting, when you start, it's, it's, it's going to be difficult. But be consistent. Like I said, even if you just start by reading just one verse a day, just one verse a day, 
continue to read just one verse a day until it becomes a lifestyle, until it becomes part of you. Don't let it become just a religious thing because you know that your spiritual growth is tied to the word of God, to how much of the word of God that you know, how much of the word of God that resides inside of you. Your spiritual growth is tied to it. It doesn't matter how long you have been a Christian. If you, don't, if you are not hungry for the word of God, if you don't spend time and eat the word of God for your spirit, for the growth of your spirit, you will not realize the power that God has inside of you. You will, not, you will always be living to the end. We'll touch on that briefly. You will always be living in, in, um, in submission to the elements of this world. In Acts chapter 2, in Acts chapter 20, verse 32, the Bible says, So brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance amongst those who are being sanctified. This was when Paul was leaving the people and was leaving the church. He said, I commend you to the word of God and I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. Paul is saying that the word of God is able to, to build you up and give you an inheritance amongst those who are being saved. Your growth is dependent on the word of God. If you are going to grow and become like Christ, it's dependent on the word of God. If you are going to walk in the same power that Christ walked in, it's dependent on how much of the word of God you know. And God has not left us without help. He's given us the Holy Spirit. He says, I will give you the helper who will help you? We will touch on that before we close. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 29, the Bible says, And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seeds and hers according to the promise. Now, a lot of people, some people think that the seed of Abraham only refers to the natural seed of Abraham or those who um, are of the lineage of Abraham. But the Bible tells us that in Galatians chapter 3, verse 7, that therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And so sons of Abraham is by faith. It's not just by lineage. It's not just by blood. It's by faith. Now, Abraham, God told Abraham that in you, all the nations of the earth, all the nations, he didn't say only Israel. He didn't say in you, Israel will be blessed. The word nations in the Hebrew is ethnos. Ethnos means all the people of the earth will be blessed in Abraham. And so God's right from Genesis, God knew that the Gentiles were also going to be part of the blessings of Abraham. And so he promised Abraham that in you, all the nations of the earth. Now, those days when God was making that promise to Abraham, there were only two nations. There was Israel and the other nations of the earth. But God said, in you, all the nations of the earth will be, blessed, will be blessed. So he wasn't saying that in Abraham, only Israel is going to be blessed. But he meant that in Abraham, all of us, everyone in the world is going to be blessed. And so when the Bible talks about sons of Abraham, it's not referring to Israelites. But it's referring to the people who have the same like faith like Abraham. Amen. And that's what Galatians chapter 3 verse 7 says. And so he says that we are all heads according to the promise that was the point that i was trying to make here that we are all heads according to the promise and so we have an inheritance we are heads we have an inheritance to um to to um to take 
in Christ Jesus, there is something that has been promised us. But we cannot get this inheritance. Like in Acts chapter 20, when we read verse 32, he says that, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance. Now, when you read Galatians chapter 3, verse 29, he says that, and if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and has according to the promise. Putting the two verses together, if we'll be able to take our place as heads of Abraham or as heads, joint heads with Christ, then it's dependent on our maturity in the word. And Galatians makes it clear again in chapter 4, verse 1 to 3. The Bible says, Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from the slave. Though he is a master of all, but is under guidance and stewards until the time appointed by the Father. Even so, even so, we, when we were children, were in, the, were in bondage under the element of the world. So the Bible promised us that we have an inheritance. We are heads. We are joint heads with Christ. But in Galatians, Paul was making an example that as long as the heir is still a child, he's not different from the slave. Now, in that culture, there were heirs and there were slaves. Now, the heirs were the owners of everything because their parents owned everything. The slaves were just workers who were working for the father. But the Bible says that as long as the heir, the heir is still a child, they it means that as long as they have not come to the place of maturity, they have not come to the place of resemblance to their father, they have not reached the stature where they can take over the inheritance and look after the inheritance, they are not different from the worker. The mere worker does not own anything, but the heir owns everything. And so if we are heads and join heads with Christ, we own everything. But as long as we don't mature in the word, Nothing belongs to us. We will go to heaven all right, but the blessings that God has for us, the authority, the power that we have in Christ, we will not be able to realize it because we don't have an understanding. Christ has, um, Christ has made a covenant, has made a will for us, and Christ is gone. He has given us the new covenant, and he says, occupy till I come. But if you don't have knowledge of what is in the covenant, if you don't have knowledge of what is in the will, you cannot possess it. And so, as even though you are here, and there is the will that is in your drawer telling you that you are the hair and you are joint heir with Christ. But if you don't know the content of the will, you cannot take your possessions. Amen. And so he's saying that the hair, as long as he's still a child, he doesn't even know that his father owns everything belongs to his father, and therefore everything belonging to his father belongs to him. The slave, he's just a worker. He takes, probably if he's being paid, he just takes his wages and he leaves. He knows that he does not own anything in that house. But the hare who walks around in the house, the child who walks around in the house, even though he owns everything, until he grows to the stature and to the knowledge, knowing that everything belongs to me, he's not different from the slave because the slave doesn't owe anything. The child will not also know that he owns everything until he gets to that place. And that, that's what the Bible says that we have to grow in the word. In fact, 
when we don't spend time studying the Word of God. You see, we don't study the Word of God just to check a box or just to fulfill a religious requirement. When you approach the Word of God, you approach the Word of God for your own personal growth. Even as a pastor, you don't approach the Word of God because you need something to preach on. But you approach the Word of God for your own personal growth. Other than that, you can feed other people. You, you, can, be serving it, you can be working in the restaurant and still be hungry. <laughs> Even though you're working in the restaurant, people will come, they'll buy food, they'll get satisfied, and you'll still be hungry. That it can happen to a pastor that you are serving other people food, but you are starving yourself. That is why all of us need to spend time in the Word of God. Read the Word of God. Understand the Word of God. We read the Word of God for our own growth. Anytime you take the Bible and you look at it, it is for your own growth. It is not for a religious activity. It is not for a church requirement. It is not to identify as a member of a church. It is for your own growth. So anytime you look at the Word of God, anytime you approach the Word of God, the first thing that comes into your mind is that you are hungry. You need to eat food for your spirit and for the growth of your spirit. There, there is so much that Christ has made available for us. There is a lot of provisions that Christ has made for us. And everything is in his word. And that is why it is important. If we are going to get our inheritance, then we need to know the word of God. Now, there are two words in the Bible that is used for a child or a son. The first one is ethno, um, technon. And the second one is heels. And so, the, um, we need to understand which one of them is used every time we read the Bible. For us to be able to understand what the Bible is saying at any point, we need to understand which of the Greek words is being used. The unfortunate thing is that in the English, it will, it will, it will just say child or son to mean the same thing. But in the Greek... To the people who received the letter initially, it means two different things to them. And it's important that we are able to make that difference anytime we read the Bible so that we actually know what the Bible is talking about. In Romans chapter 8 verse 12, the Bible says that, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if we live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live... but if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. In verse 14, the word that is used there is heels. As many as are led by the Spirit of God are the heels. The heels is a son who has grown into the stature and the nature of the Father. Heos is somebody who is aware of his inheritance. Heos is somebody who is matured. I guess that word sums it up. Heos is somebody who, has, uh, who is aware of who he is in his father's house. And so the Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the heels of God. It continues in verse 15. It says, for you, you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. But you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. 
The Spirit bears witness, the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Now, in the English, when you read verse 14 and verse 15, uh, sorry, verse 16, you will think that child or children used in verse 16 and son is the same thing. But in the Greek, the people who received this letter in the Greek, it's not the same thing. The first one says that if you are heels, then you, you are led by the Spirit of God. Then about, the second one says that if you are nepios, which is also the same word that is used for, cho- for children. Sorry, it's technon, not nepios used in this word, in this verse. It's technon. So verse 16 says that, should, that the Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the technon or a child. We, are pro- we were... Um, given birth to by God or we, we are born by God so we are all technon of God but you see that when you go to the original Greek version you see that there are, two, there are two separate words that are used in the verse and so we all of us have a responsibility to grow to this, this, uh, uh, the state of sonship where we are aware of our inheritance where we have grown into the image of Christ and how do we get there we get there through the word, spending time in the word, meditating on the word. As a new creation, you are a newborn baby. As a newborn baby, what will make you grow is the milk of the word. For you to understand the full inheritance that you have in Christ, for you to understand what Christ has done for you and what Christ has made you on earth, you need to grow to the place of sonship. The play, not just saying that you are a child of God, but the place of maturity where you have grown to an understanding, where you reflect the image of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. We are all required to be led by the Spirit of God. And whenever I, whenever I put out this challenge, I want to also make it clear that in Christ, we don't do anything by our own strength. We don't get to this place by our own forceful discipline. Of course, discipline is needed to be able to to have time to study the word. But we don't get there by just the strength of our flesh. And that is why he said, I will give you a helper. I say every time that what makes us different from the old covenant is that in the old covenant, they were trying hard in their own strength to do something to please God. They were trying in their own strength to obey a list of laws. But in in our covenant, we have a better covenant because Christ, when he was leaving, he said, I will not leave you as orphans, but I will send the helper. And so Christ has given us the Holy Spirit. One assurance that all of us have is that we know that we have the Holy Spirit. And as the Holy Spirit is inside of us, He is there to help us. You see, even though He has been given us a helper, I ask people, how many times have we actually asked for the help of the Holy Spirit? How many times in our day do we stop to say, Holy Spirit, help me? Because He is the helper who has been given by God to us. 
And whenever we pray, we need to ask for the help of the Holy Spirit because all of us need the help of the Holy Spirit to grow to the place of that understanding because the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will reveal everything that is in Christ to us. He's the one who reveals them to us. In fact, Jesus Christ told the Jewish people, you read the scriptures thinking that in it you know God. It means that just spending time to memorize the scriptures alone is not enough. It is the Holy Spirit who puts light on the scriptures that you read. And when you are reading the scriptures and the Holy Spirit brings an understanding to you, that becomes a revelation to you. And that becomes a rema to you. That is how God speaks to you at, in a particular situation at a particular time. The Holy Spirit sheds light on something that you are reading. And God uses that to speak to you. And so when you read John chapter 17... Verse 12 to 15, the Bible says, this was when Jesus Christ was leaving his disciples and they were sad because Jesus Christ has been with them. He's been their teacher. Whenever Jesus spoke parables and they didn't understand, they know that they have one more opportunity to understand the parable because they will go and meet Jesus alone and ask him, what is the meaning of this parable? But this time, he was leaving them. And so he told them, I still have many things to say to you. But you cannot bear them now. However, when he, you see, the Holy Spirit was not, Jesus Christ, when he was speaking of the Holy Spirit, he never referred to the Holy Spirit as it. He says, however, when he, the Spirit of truth has come. So the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is not a thing. It's not a feeling. It's not a wind. The Holy Spirit is a person. And Jesus Christ always used the pronoun to refer to the Holy Spirit. He says, and when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you in all truth. And so the Holy Spirit is a person who is always with us. Can you imagine that you are always walking with another person inside of you and with you, but you never talk to that person? (laughs) This person is always there, silently following you every time waiting to hear what you have to say. And the person is, in fact, I shouldn't say silent. He's also talking to you, but you can't hear. You can't hear him. He's always with you. He's always around you, talking to you, and develop the communication with the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God. And I need you to declare the Word of God to yourself, that you are led by the Spirit of God. Declare it to yourself that you are led by the Spirit of God because you are a son of God. Amen. So the Bible says when he has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me and he will take up what is mine and declare to you. And so everything that we have discussed this morning, is dependent on how we yield to the Holy Spirit. Making time to read the word of God. The Bible says it is God who works in us both to will and to do his good pleasure. Reading the Bible is the good pleasure of God. God works in us. It is us partnering with God. Us in partnership with the Holy Spirit. And he's working in us both to will, even to develop the will to read the Bible. It is God who is working in us both to will and to do his good pleasure. And so the Holy Spirit works in our heart 
we have to yield to the Holy Spirit so that He can work in us so that we can spend time in the Word of God and get to the place that we need to get as believers. Sometimes it is important, it is necessary to measure your growth. Ask yourself, how are you growing in the Lord? How better have you become since you started following Jesus Christ? Since the first, um, the first, of this, the first day of this year till now, uh, it's important to sometimes measure how you have improved, how you have increased as a Christian. Because growth is important. When you give birth to a child, you expect the child to grow. And it's important that as believers, we also grow in the Word. God expects us to grow. And we have to place a responsibility on ourselves to ensure that we grow. And that is by yielding to the Holy Spirit. Yielding to the voice of the Holy Spirit. When we spend time to read the Bible, we ask for the help of the Holy Spirit. When there are so many things in the earth that crowds our mind and takes our attention, we ask for the Holy Spirit. Whenever the Holy Spirit prompts you that you have not read the Word of God this week, you have not read the Word of God this, in, in this day, you quickly obey that voice. Pick up the Bible. Just read, even if it's just one verse. Read and think about the verse. Meditate on it. In fact, thinking about something, you can still go about your business, go about whatever you're doing, and continue to think about the Word of God. But your growth... Your maturity as a child of God is dependent on the Word of God. As newborn babies, we are expected to desire the sincere Word of the milk that we might grow. We might grow into maturity we might, so that we may grow into sonship where we understand what belongs to us. We understand what Christ has done for us. And we are not all yet made perfect. We have not all been made perfect yet. But we continue to press on unto maturity. Paul said, I have not attained yet. Paul, after writing so much revelation about Jesus Christ, so much revelation about righteousness, so much revelation that Paul had, he had experienced so much power. The Bible says, extraordinary miracles were done by the hands of Paul. After all this, he came back to Philippians and said that I have not attained yet. And so let not any one of us think that we have attained a certain level of maturity where it's unnecessary for us to read the Bible anymore. No matter how mature we are in the Word, we have to continue to read the Word of God. The truth about this whole thing is that as much as you continue to read the Word of God, you continue to realize that there is so much in the Word of God that you don't know yet. And so none of us can really get to the place where we have no need to study the Word again. And so let's make it our goal to continue to study the Word of God. I don't want us to talk about the new creation and talk about all the beautiful and wonderful things that the new creation is entitled to without first talking about maturity. Because if we talk about all the wonderful blessings and privileges of the new creation without talking about how to get there and enjoy it, it will just be frustration. Because you know that there are so, there is so much that you have access to. But you, you currently, you are not being able to experience that. It's because of maturity, because of the word. And so the new creation does not set, out, set aside the word and just be confessing things. But you, first of all, need to work on maturity, need to work on growing in the word. 
before we talk about all the blessings and the wonderful privileges and what God has made us, I first of all wanted to say that it's important that we grow in the word as new creation. As people who have been born of God, it is important that we grow in the word. And whilst we are learning and growing in the word, we will come to the understanding and the full stature of what Christ has made us. Amen. So we'll continue to talk about the new creation. We'll talk about what we are and who we are. But I wanted us to understand that it's important that we grow. It's important that we commit to the word. I think for some time now we have spoken about the word and the importance of the word. And the Bible tells us God did not make anything that he made without his word. Everything about our Christian life is the word of God. And so we cannot overemphasize the importance of the word. Amen. Shall we pray? Father, we, we give you glory. We thank you, Lord, for another time in your presence. We pray, O oh God, that we just we will not be fearless only, O oh God, but we'll be doers of your word. Holy Spirit, we ask for your help. In our walk, in our life, in our Christian walk, we ask for your help, Lord. Help us. To have time, help us to make time to study the word. Help us to understand the word as we study. Help us to walk in obedience in Jesus' name. Help us to sink into the new man. In the name of Jesus, we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you so much.